Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 12. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together, they, that they were trampling one another, he, Jesus, began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have no, nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hair of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God, But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. This is the word of the Lord. I think what helps us in this context is if we actually go back to the last two verses of chapter 11. In verse 53, as Jesus went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. In this context, Jesus is warning his disciples. From this point forward, Jesus' life is in danger. And he's teaching his disciples, soon your life will be in danger. And Jesus warns his disciples of the hypocrisy and how it can corrupt them far beyond they could ever imagine. This morning we will be looking about how hypocrisy can corrupt us farther than we ever could imagine. We are going to face the reality of our sin and see that it runs deeper than most of us are willing to admit. But we will also be reminded the gospel of Jesus, and that Jesus speaks to our deepest, darkest sins. The rooms where we have locked our sins away, kept it secret, and dare not anyone let them see it. We will receive the assurance of God the Father, of God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that those who believe in the gospel and proclaim him as Lord, have nothing to fear. 
Let us go to the Lord in prayer. A pastor once told me a story of a time when he was invited by a friend to go to the one, one of the most prestigious country clubs in his state. The pastor was very excited because he loved playing golf. But there was something about this pastor you must know is he wasn't one to follow the status quo of any institution. When he chose his clothes to wear, he had the choice between a blue shirt or a bright Tennessee orange polo. Which do you think he chose? He had the choice of wearing white shorts or bright Tennessee orange shorts to go with his bright Tennessee orange polo. He chose the orange. And what typically happened when you went to this country club is you pulled your car up to the front and an employee would take out your golf bag and put it on your golf cart. An employee would take your car and go park your car for you. But what did he do? He parked his own car. He loaded his own bag into his cart. He drove the cart over the curb, put it right in front of the front door, and went inside and sat himself. Now, in this clubhouse, there was also an unspoken rule of the proper place to sit. You could sit anywhere except the middle table. The middle table was reserved for the, one of the most wealthiest families and members of the country club. Nobody sat there except this family. Where do you think he went? He went to the table, pulled out the chair, and put his feet on the table and leaned back with his arms folded behind his head. One of the waitresses saw him do this and was so upset she went to confront him. But before she even got there, he said, I would love a vodka tonic with lime. Thank you very much. The waitress stopped, couldn't understand what just happened, turned around and went and got him his drink. Next came the manager of the clubhouse. Now this pastor understood what was going on. And this manager came up and said, sir, how can I help you? He said, you cannot help me. I'm perfectly fine. Thank you. The manager looked at him. His face went blank. He turned as the Rolodex of thoughts of what he should say was going through his mind, and he couldn't say anything. And then he finally turned around to confront the pastor, and the pastor said, I'm here waiting for my friend, the governor. Is he here yet? The manager looked at him and without hesitation said, no, sir, and I'll go check on your drink. This pastor was somewhere where he wasn't supposed to be. But this pastor had the name of his friend and acknowledged that name, and that gave him his status to sit at this table. It wasn't his name. It was the name of his friend that gave him the ability to do this at this clubhouse. This morning, we see a very similar situation. The disciples are being taught by Jesus that a situation is coming upon them. They will not always know what to do. They will not always know what to say. They might not even know how to act. But as long as they acknowledge the name of Jesus, they will have nothing to fear. And this passage is also for us. As Jesus teaches his disciples, we will see that Jesus is teaching us. That Jesus 
reveals to us that the sin in the disciples' lives and the sin of our lives go so deep, if we aren't made aware of it, it will completely take over our lives. Jesus calls this the sin of hypocrisy. And it takes over slowly, increasingly, silent. And hypocrisy does not just lead to minor sins. But hypocrisy ultimately leads into us rejecting the gospel. And Jesus ultimately warns his disciples that hypocrisy will do four things. It will lead to ignorance. It will lead to fear. It will lead to denial. And it will lead to condemnation. But first we must understand what is hypocrisy. Well, Jesus actually tells us what hypocrisy is in the first verse. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Jesus is using an illustration known to his audience. Leaven is yeast that works its way through bread and makes bread rise. The illusion is used because leaven is sometimes spread silently, almost secretly, but ultimately pervasively. The imagery of leaven is used for the kingdom of God in Luke 13, but ultimately in Scripture, leaven is used negatively as the corruption of sin. Philip Ryken says this, Here Jesus uses it for hypocrisy, which is the reality gap between our outward appearance of godliness and the sinner that lives inside each of us. The Pharisees had a reputation for righteousness, but their hearts were far from God. Jesus knew that like the yeast in a batch of dough, their deadly hypocrisy would gradually work its way into other people's hearts. If the disciples were not careful, he says, soon they would be Pharisees too, making an outward showing of the religious rituals without loving God with all their hearts. But I actually want to go farther than Dr. Riken. Not only does leaven of hypocrisy spread from one to the other, but it spreads so that it consumes everything of the host. This is vitally important in this context. What was the job of the disciples once Jesus left? It was to teach and preach the word of God. If hypocrisy overcomes them, they are no longer able to do their mission. This is important for us. For what are we commissioned to do? to preach and teach the word of God. This is what Jesus tells us in Matthew 28. We need a reminder. Beware of your hypocrisy. And I would postulate that hypocrisy is something or is someone who lives a double life. It comes from not exposing yourself to the whole truth. It is a failure of applying the gospel to the whole of our lives. You see, someone who's a hypocrite is someone that lives under the realm of Christ's lordship. They are in his presence. They receive the benefits of God and the church, fellowship of the saints, 
yet at the same time wants all the benefits of the sinful world. Hypocrisy leads to people living double lives. Dr. Martin Martin Lloyd-Jones categorizes hypocrisy in three ways. There's the intellectual hypocrite, the emotional hypocrite, and the practical hypocrite. Each one points the finger at the other. Each one says, guilty is charged. Each is overtaken by the leaven of sin. The intellectual hypocrite is someone who knows their Bible, knows their theology, is very versed in the doctrines of the church. They have the system worked out in their mind, but they never allow the truth to change their hearts. The emotional hypocrite is a person who's proud that they don't know doctrine and says it in a way that smears those who like doctrine. But they base their hypocrisy on feeling. An emotion experience of Jesus. As long as they're still able to have an experience of Jesus, he doesn't take over the rest of their lives. And then there's the practical hypocrite. This Christian says that they are morally good. That as long as they give, love others, that they will be okay. They would never imagine themselves as a hypocrite. But what is true is that they are all hypocrites. They are all hypocrites because they have not allowed the gospel of Jesus to take over their entire lives. They are holding on to something. They have stored something away that they want to keep hidden. Hypocrisy leads to the rejection of the gospel. Which one of these hypocrites do you identify with? Which one of these hypocrites do you despise? In my experience, the hypocrites are those who repeatedly point out other people's flaws, other people's fallenness, others' shortcomings, but they do this because they are so overwhelmed with their own sin. Maybe they do it as self-medication. Maybe they do it to self-justify their actions. And I call a hypocrite, or what I call what a hypocrite does in church is the wave effect. And what I mean by that is, When you hear an application of the text, or if you hear that Jesus actually called you to do something, the first thing, the first reaction they do is, oh, I hope so-and-so is here, so they really heard that. They really need that for their lives. Because you know what that person is doing, right? They're saying, oh, I I hope my husband's here. He really needs to hear this. And that person is like, oh, yep, this is talking about her. She needed to hear this today. And the why I call it the wave effect is it starts here, and it works its way in the middle, and it works its way to the back door, and then it goes out the back door, and no one has said, Jesus, please change me. Father, I need the truth of your word to be changed into the image of your son. But the wave effect means that no one is changed. 
Because all we can think of is how someone else is sinning and not the sin in our own lives. This is what Jesus is warning his disciples not to become. Do not forget to apply the gospel to yourselves. And Jesus explains then what will happen if they become a hypocrite. Hypocrisy will lead to ignorance. Beware, Jesus says, of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on on the housetops. A hypocrite does not believe in the omniscience of God. They do not believe that Jesus knows and sees everything. For they whisper things in rooms and think that it will not be proclaimed on housetops. Sin often gets exposed. Sometimes a student gets caught cheating on homework. Sometimes an employee gets caught lying about how long they worked. And when sin is exposed to light, what was concealed is revealed. What was whispered is now on the evening news. It happens every day. But what Jesus tells his disciples is that even when the sin that does not be exposed now, it will be exposed at some time. We cannot hide it forever. God is omniscient. He knows all things. The hypocrite is ignorant of this. They might even believe in God, but they don't believe that he will really will reveal all of their sin. They believe that they will never be found out. I've told our students of our youth group many times, I think Snapchat is unethical. For those of you who don't know what Snapchat is, it is a social media app where you can interact with your friends by taking pictures and sending pictures of yourself to your friends. You can add filters, funny faces, or stickers to these pictures. And then if you Snapchat with a certain person, multiple days in a row, you get what's called a streak. And these streaks are very important to students. If you want to know more, go to the Wikipedia page. There's more than you ever could handle. But I'm going to say something first about Snapchat. I encourage our students to be friends that interact in each other's lives. Sharing your feelings, doing life together, Talking about your ups and downs is a good thing. I recommend that not only for our youth, but for everyone here. Living life together is what God has called us to do. But Snapchat was created by someone who doesn't believe in God. Because Snapchat works on an understanding that once you look at that picture that is sent, you can never see it again. Once the picture is seen... It is gone. No evidence, no backup, nothing. It is inaccessible forever. The only exception is if you take a screenshot of that picture. But Snapchat 
doesn't want a record of anything that happens. So it actually informs the person that someone took a screenshot of that picture. Snapchat tells you that no one will ever find out what you just sent except that one person. Snapchat was created for the person, for the purpose of not being found out, of not being held accountable of everything that you do. It was created with the idea that nobody will know what you're doing except that one person. It tells you that a record will not be kept, that you can get rid of the evidence, that nobody knows. They will never know what you're doing. But the Bible tells us that tells us this simply isn't true. This passage warns you, you will be exposed for every picture you take. One day, God will expose everything that was deleted. He will bring it to light. A biblical ethic is living in a community of people that can hold you accountable for everything that you do. And I promise, if you take one picture that you shouldn't have, it's easier the next time. If you sin once, it's always easier the next time. But for you who don't use Snapchat, don't wave a finger. It's not just Snapchat that leads us to this temptation. It can be any of us who are found guilty of gossip or only doing some things in a dark room by ourselves. Whatever is done that leads us to sin will be exposed by God. One day we will stand before him, the judge of all things, and our sins will be revealed. Hypocrisy is like leaven, slowly seeping in, slowly making our hearts puffed up, slowly making our eyes blind to our own sin, slowly causing our hearts to become callous because our sin makes us ignorant. And then Jesus moves to three scenarios, three images of his disciples standing before a tribunal. The first one is to reveal to the disciples that hypocrisy leads to fear. In verses 4 to 7, we see this message is not popular today because it is a message of judgment. Jesus tells his disciples, hypocrites fear men more than God. What Jesus warns his disciples is that once hypocrisy has crept in, it tells you your sin doesn't matter. Because soon you will fear men before you fear God. This word for hell, that Jesus says that God has the power to send someone, it is a word that describes a place southwest of Jerusalem. It was a place where there was always smoldering fire, where trash was burnt, or unwanted waste was burnt. And Jesus is telling his disciples, if hypocrisy takes over your life, this is where it will lead.
the next scenario Jesus presents is similar to the one before it, and that hypocrisy leads to denial. Like before, Jesus presents an image of his disciples standing before God, but this time it is not a disciple standing before God, not fearing God, but this time it is the disciples standing before God with Jesus by their side. But what does Jesus remind the disciple? He tells them, I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. When hypocrisy goes unchecked, this is where it will take you. It will not only tell you that your sins can be hidden. It will not only make you afraid of men rather than God. It will begin to work in your life where you begin to deny Jesus. This is where a double life leads. You begin your Christian life by acknowledging Jesus. But then the gospel truths begin to fade away. We do our church thing here, but at school, it really depends who I hang out with, what I do. With my family, it depends. With my friends, it depends. Beware. When the gospel does not completely envelop your life, it will lead you to denying Jesus. And maybe you don't deny him with your lips but maybe you deny him with what you do. And if you don't think this is easy for me, then you are greatly mistaken. I have an undergraduate degree in biblical studies and theology from John Brown University. I have a master's degree which reads Master of Divinity. I know how to spiritualize anything. I know the right words to say, the right things to do in every situation, even here behind the pulpit, in this building, but yet I can't go home and show love and grace to my own family. I confess Jesus with my lips, but that I deny him with my action towards my own family. I must repent from my hypocrisy for I'm letting the double life creep in. Then the last scenario of Jesus, Jesus presents to the disciples is similar to the one before it. And this is where hypocrisy leads to condemnation. Like the scenario before it, if we deny Jesus, he will deny us. Jesus says something that can be confusing. He says if a word is spoken against the Son of Man, he will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks a word against the Holy Spirit, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, there are many different ways to interpret this over the years. The best way that I can explain this is that when someone speaks a word against the Son of Man, it is a momentary lapse. Yet someone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit is not someone who just rejects the gospel, but actually hates the gospel. The best illustration I have for this is in two different men in the New Testament. Peter 
and Judas. We see later in Luke 22, Jesus tells Peter that he will deny him. Later in that chapter, Peter denies him three times. He spoke a word against the Son of Man. But at the end of John's Gospel, we see Jesus come to Peter and tell him three times, I love you. A word spoken against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Yet with Judas, not only do we see him deny Jesus, we see him betray Jesus. We see him denying Jesus in such a way that he is trying to prevent the gospel from happening. When Jesus was faced with Jesus to repent, he repented. When Judas was faced with his sin, he rejected the forgiveness and committed suicide. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is one not only rejects Jesus, but condemns the gospel itself. And this is where hypocrisy can take us if it consumes us. Judas was leading, living a double life. He sat under the preaching of the word. He saw the miracles of Jesus, and yet he completely, completely rejected the gospel and tried to destroy it. How far has our hypocrisy blinded us? What is your secret? What is your sin that you're keeping hidden away? that leads to you living a double life? What burden do you carry around your neck that Jesus has already died for that you are too scared to bring to the cross? When the sin of hypocrisy begins to creep into our lives, it begins to take over. Let us come to Christ who bore our sins. Upon the cross. For even though our sin is exposed, if we confess Christ, He will stand near us. That is the message of this passage. Every time Jesus warns us of something, He assures us of something. Even if we have feared man over God, Christ offers us grace that we no longer need to fear. This is triune assurance. We do not have to fear God because Jesus calls us his friend. God will justify us in Christ. Jesus will acknowledge us. The Holy Spirit will indwell us and allow us to live a life as a disciple of Jesus, to walk in the newness of that life. Jesus has called you all friends if you confess him. The gospel calls us to come to the cross and confess those sins. The gospel calls those who have become overcome by sin, blinded by sin, 
consumed by their sin, to come to Jesus. Because that is exactly who Jesus went to. He sought the blind. He sought the unloved, the unliked, the ones who were cast out. And he invites us into his gospel story and assures the disciples that they have nothing to fear. Do you not know you have more value than the sparrows? Our omniscient God who sees everything, who will reveal everything in the light of his glory, who knows every head on our head and cares for every little sparrow, put our sin upon Christ on the cross so that he can call us friends. Even when we denied Jesus, Jesus denied saving his son so that we might be saved. Only when we believe in the cross of Jesus will the Holy Spirit work in our lives so that we can proclaim the gospel rather than destroy it. And next we will come to the table and we will be acknowledged. Just as my pastor friend used the name of his friend, we too get to come to the table and use the name of another. Because we are unworthy to come to this table just as he was unworthy to go to the table where he sat. But we go there because of the name of our friend, Jesus. We hide ourselves in him. And this table speaks of the feast when we stand justified in Christ that we will enjoy forever with the bride. Amen.